morning crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mr. Johnny Crypto, the CEO of Collecti Lab, Selman G is in the building, and Andrew Cashflow, also known as the Cashflow King. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how the Federal Reserve, oops, sorry, I'm getting a little echo here. We will be discussing how the Federal Reserve is moving one step closer to crypto banks, potentially allowing a pathway to the central banking system. JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon is warning of storm clouds on the horizon. As he states, chances of a hard recession are over 50%. Google is dominating the blockchain development market, owning a list of companies you may not be aware of. And a new innovative NFT project is launched, allowing investors to own a portion of their favorite athlete's success. Brad Garlinghouse's steady work with regulators, reassuring the world that Ripple is operating correctly, while the Cardano clan is upset as the new social media platform is criticized heavily by its own community. Hester Pierce is okay with relinquishing power to the CFTC as a new report finds Wells Fargo, HSBC, and Goldman Sachs all classify XRP as a currency. With retail more uncertain than ever, we discuss why this bear market is the opportunity of a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I'm still working on getting my stuff together this morning, but we're going to kick it to you, my friend, before we dive into this news. How you feeling today? Uh, as you're getting your shit together, it's a beautiful view in your backyard here, your deck. Just feel free to come on over. The view is great. Uh, happy to see our man Selman over there and the cash flow clean. Good morning to you guys, but I don't want to forget. Good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there who show up every day. I love you guys. I can't wait to jump right into it. Awesome. And our title says $250 billion solution. That, of course, has to do with XRP. But Selman G, I know you got some technical analysis for our listeners. What have you been watching this week and how are you feeling? Hey, thank you so much. Um, I'm super happy because we have a great update. We just launched it on, on Twitter and uh, or announced it on Twitter. And um, yeah, I'm, right now, you know, for the last weeks, I've been like, you know, watch out. This is a relief bounce. It's not really like a we're not back in a bull market. It's still, you know, a big question mark, of course, for a lot of investors. So um, ha ha really happy to actually talk about this today. And if you guys have any questions, drop it in the in the comment section. Maybe we're going to bring them up here. We have Johnny Crypto here. That's why. Amazing. And everybody's here to listen to Johnny Crypto's hot takes. But we got Andrew Cashflow in the building as well, Mr. Cashflow. I had to mute you during the live stream. So don't let that mute button get the best of you here. How are you feeling on this morning? And thank you for saving the day. Hey, good morning, everybody. Look, I have a new T-shirt. It made it over the ocean. So uh, I'm pretty happy with it. It's still summer in the Netherlands. It's humid. It is warm. It's So it's an excellent day today. Amazing, Andrew. And we got some excellent information. But before we dive into that, we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do, by showing our listeners our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account, at 3TGM Crypto. Four more followers, and we're over 1,600. So go smash that follow button for us. We love talking to you guys. Johnny Crypto, Bitcoin fear and greed index still sitting in moderate fear this morning at a 44. But when we get into the total coin market cap, that's where things get a little bit exciting. We're sitting at 1.13 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 39% dominance. Ethereum is 20%. Bitcoin is at 23,700. Ethereum, $1,870. We got XRP at 37 cents. Cardano is 55 cents. 
We're going to scroll down to Avalanche, which is $27. Chainlink. Uh, Chainlink is $8. Kronos, $11. Algorand, $0.35. VeChain is $0.03. Hedera Hashgraph is $0.07. As Quant is dipping at $115 this morning. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to kick it right back to you. We always talk about Quant on this channel, and as we look at the price chart, I know Selman's going to get into this later, but $105 looks like a range we might we might touch, and that's where I'm going to be accumulating. How do you feel about Quant? You know, I love Quant as a whole. I really don't well, – on, on certain bags where I, you know, where I don't plan on selling, and Quant is one of them because I don't have a lot of them. I'm just bringing them with me to the future, so I don't care. I don't even look at the price. I didn't even know it was 105 until you just said it. I don't care. Because it's just it's no, coming. No, no, no. It's, it's 115. I think 115. it's gonna touch one. So I don't even care. I don't <laughs> care. It's coming with me to 2025. And whether you know, I'm not trying to day trade quant. I don't care. I don't have enough of it where where it matters. So I'm just bringing you know the the little bit I have with me into the future, and it's gonna be a beautiful thing. Uh, what I will tell you though is looking at Ethereum, you know, and kind of where it's at and sitting. It doubled from where I bought it. You know, just in the recent bottoms. And I actually did sell some yesterday. Um, primarily because of the Kramer kiss of death. Um, I do think there is a little bit more upside. So I only sold a little bit. I, mean, I am kind of banking on maybe we'll see a little leg, a little more leg up. Maybe we'll get to 22 or 25, but I wanted to sell a little bit because, well, like I said, I already doubled the money. So on that one, um, I just think we're going to see ETH go up and down for a while. And frankly, to be honest with you, once the news comes out, it's over, you know, sell the news kind of thing. Right. So I want to be selling as we're getting close to the news of the merge. And from an astrology standpoint, I'm not going to pretend like I fully understand this stuff, but the people who do, what they're saying right now is they're expecting bullish momentum until August 27th. And then after that, the first couple of weeks of September are actually looking a little bearish, but I want to kick it to Andrew Cashflow. Andrew, you were on the show yesterday, so we already got your takes on what you're watching in the market this morning. But is there anything that you feel is worth mentioning? And what projects are you keeping an eye on? No, actually... Um... You know, the crypto market is yeah, behaving a little bit weird. And I thought, you know what? I'm already looking for a while to those companies, Sony and Disney. And why am I lo looking at Sony and Disney? Because of their NFT potential. They have a lot of uh, movie characters and they can yeah, also be NFT. Yeah, what, what is the verb for NFTing? They can be NFT'd. And uh, so uh, actually uh, Disney made... Uh, they had, they had earnings. Uh, when when was it? Uh, last week. So they 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 jumped up. So I'm pretty much in a profit there. So uh, and I'm using the new strategy for uh, for VCA or for uh, PCA price cost averaging. And uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's nice. So uh, Sony Disney, I wouldn't buy it uh, now immediately. Just wait for a drawback, and then uh, you can uh, also buy a little bit if you like to uh, to trade in stocks. Very and interesting. Rest, yeah, I'm just I, looking at the, the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the, just the normal stuff. Very interesting. I also saw that Michael Burry, the man who called the housing bubble back in 2008, sold 98% of his stock portfolio yesterday. And he actually kept one stock, which I did get a little bit in, even though I don't fully understand the project. I'll actually cover it at the end of this episode. But Selman, we got some breaking news here as the New York City Deputy Mayor of Public Safety disclosed that he bought between $15,000 and $150,000 worth of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Another government official coming out and publicly promoting these currencies. What does that mean to you? I mean, you know, there. it's always like Robert Kiyosaki is always saying, you know, it's not um, at what price did you buy Bitcoin? How many Bitcoins do you own? How many, how much gold do you own? Right. This is, this is like the question in, in his paradigm. But for most of us that, um, 
you know, are trying to, you know, accumulate more dollars maybe and, you know, are flipping Bitcoin. They're buying it or, and selling for a higher price just to accumulate more dollars. Of course, you know, you don't want to buy at 60K and just huddle for like 100 years to see another new all-time high. So, you know, instead of buying when there was extreme greed, it's better to buy when it's, you know, when there's extreme fear and blood is in the streets, right? And which is right now. But like, um, I don't know if that guy has like, close ties to like uh you know secret doors and, and closed doors or is he you know just a random um citizen of this of this country and just you know randomly buying and he announced it and people are really taking it as, as a you know unofficial um legal financial oh, advice i, I can like, speak a little bit to that selman because obviously i live here i lived in new york for a little while too deputy mayor of public safety is a very high-ranking government official it's not somebody who's just an everyday this is a, this is a high-ranking political figure. Okay, cool. So that basically means, yeah, like uh, he probably has, and I, I kind of feel like Johnny Crypto is going to come up with the RSW <laughs> indicator. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so um, obviously, like Bitcoin, Ethereum are very strong bets into the future. I, I totally understand it, but I personally feel like it's just, uh, you know, I wouldn't buy now. These kind of news updates are also kind of. Uh, influencing retail investors decision when price is already pumped for Ethereum, for example, over hundred percent. And these kind of news updates are kind of feeling like people should buy in now, which is totally wrong. And you don't want to like become emotional. You don't want to have that FOMO effect. Wait, just like Andrew Cashflow said, wait for healthy, good looking pullbacks to get in. Cause right now you're excellent liquidity for many people. And uh, yeah, so get ready. Thank you, Salman. And I know you got some technical analysis, but we got a couple of things I want to show our listeners. First, we have a video from BitBoy Crypto, the largest influencer on YouTube when it comes to cryptocurrencies, talking about how this Ripple versus the SEC case may actually lead to the end of the SEC. This is a very short video. We're going to let this thing play, and we'll start off with Johnny Crypto figuring out where he ranks on the Rat Snake Weasel Index. I think there's a decent chance that this case actually goes longer than the SEC exists. At the day of the kill, you know, the, the kill time for the SEC, which is, it is possible, uh, the case would be over immediately after because uh, they won't have any jurisdiction. I'm telling you guys, there is a chance that Ripple destroys the SEC. This is not conjecture. I've heard this from politicians. There is a chance, at bare minimum, the SEC is getting restructured totally over the next and I think that's a good place to stop it there because he continues to reiterate that same message that this is inevitably the end of the SEC. We've seen the SEC continue to expand, Johnny. I know they hired, I think they doubled their crypto task force earlier this year. They want control of this market, but they're doing it incorrectly. Do you really think this could be the end of the SEC? <laughs> oh, that's like asking if uh, the sky is blue. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, the SEC is not going anywhere. These are agencies put in place by big boys to protect themselves. They're, no, I don't know what connections he has. I'd love to be able to ask him, you know, why he thinks that they're going to let some company that most that nobody knows, okay, go ask. I, I challenge everybody in this group to go ask 10 of your family members who Ripple are. Come back, I guarantee you, you're going to tell me less than 1%, 10% know who they are, right? So when Tesla and Amazon and everybody else is going after the SEC or they're being sued by it, that didn't stop them. And then this small little company that nobody in the world knows about is going to destroy the SEC. I, I find that a very hard thing to believe personally. And and I, I missed the, the beginning of that video. was hard to hear. He said something about um, Ripple was going to outlast the 
the kill time or something. Is that what he said? Did you guys hear that part of it? What he was talking about? Anyway, I don't know what he means by the kill time, but whatever that that means. But I don't see how Ripple, which has a limited money supply, can outlast in a government agency that has an unlimited money supply. So again, it would be great to to understand or have a conversation with him. Maybe someday we can get him on this show. I don't know if that'll ever happen. I don't know if he'd ever want to come on this show. But the reality is, if we could, it'd be great to maybe ask him like what he's thinking there. Um, but yeah. I don't. I just don't see how a limited supply company can can outlast something that's unlimited. So that's yeah, Johnny, I, I had a little bit different of a take. I think it's kind of that classic BitBoy. Even though he's shouting for these larger than life exaggerations, what I really think he's trying to say is that the SEC is not going to have control of crypto and that they're going to be squeezed out of this market. All of that power is going to move oh. over to the CFTC. Yeah. We've already seen them label Bitcoin and Ethereum the two largest market caps as commodities, and we're going to show our listeners a video yeah. of Hester Pierce just yesterday saying that she's okay with the CFTC taking more control of this market. But Andrew Cashel, actually, we'll kick it to Selman then, Andrew. Selman, what does this video indicate to you? We know BitBoy, he's known for the price targets and he's known for his inside sources. But how do you feel about this news? Is it believable? I mean, uh, I totally agree with Johnny Crypto. I, You know, Ripple, because we're in the crypto sp space, everyone knows Ripple, but the whole world outside, no one knows who Ripple is and SEC has just so much power. And we also talked about like, um, you know, the, the funding, like SEC has unlimited supply, right? Like they could literally push this to like for another 30 years without like any issues. They can pay it. The government is paying for it. But like, you know, Ripple already spent over $100 million and we don't know if it's going to like, I, I'm just hoping for like a normal settlement and and we move on and uh well i mean in this case bitboy is also i know that you know um you have to understand like he wasn't a big ripple fan now he's a big ripple fan and you, he understands that X, the xrp army is huge and now he's you know talking a lot about this kind of things and you know this is also kind of like the clickbait thing because it's a hot topic and everybody wants to know when is it going to end? And these kind of conspiracy theories, et cetera, right? It's just um, great marketing, also great, great uh, content. This is why I, you know, I, I'm leaning back. I'm like, uh, I don't I don't really believe this. Um, SEC might really win this case, to be honest. That's what I believe in. Wow. Hot take from Selman on this Good Morning Crypto show. We got 188 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are yet to get into the most interesting news for today. But before we do that, let's kick it to Andrew Castle. Andrew, any quick thoughts on this video and, and regarding the SEC? <laughs> it's just, it is just a soap. You know, it's, it's going on and on and on. And, you know, I, I still like Gary Gensler a little bit because I learned so, lot for, so much from him. Um, and he is pulling it forward. And then, uh, you know, United States is actually worldwide a small piece of, of surface on, on, on the world. And the, if the rest of the world just continues with uh, with XRP and Ripple, look what happens. And uh, and actually, I don't care if the SEC will still exist in, in, in a year or not. Uh, they, they will figure it out and the pressure will be will become so big on innovation and on crypto and um, one way or the other, they, they will find a solution, but they need to find a solution that and Ripple wins and the SEC should win. So there should be somewhere a political solution that they both can say, we won the case. 
And I think that solution would be if they get these rules and guidelines so that they can criticize other crypto projects who they think are not operating correctly, even though they've been given no rules yet. But there is a really interesting tweet. And I want to go to Johnny Crypto here because this is re in regards to gold. As gold is minus 53% in real terms, that means including inflation over the last 4,000 days, also known as 11 years. And with the best macroeconomic background ever, it's still down a year to date. Bitcoin is up over 210 thousand percent in that same time frame yet we've got plenty of economists like peter schiff criticizing bitcoin calling for ten thousand dollar targets calling for twenty five hundred dollar targets and just scaring retail investors but johnny crypto what does this say to you that you know against inflation gold is not a good asset you know in 1920 one ounce silver uh, gold gold coin bought you a, a real high class suit today a one-ounce uh, gold coin will still buy you a high-class Armani suit. So gold, gold, you can knock it all you want. It's not down 53%. Otherwise, I won't be able to buy the pants or the jacket. And I can well, still buy Well, can gold. I rebuttal? Because yeah. I do think that you could just say that inflation is matched. The, the suit and jacket's inflation is matched to gold. It doesn't, it doesn't actually mean that gold held its value. It means that those other assets inflated at the same rate. Well, that's not true because you're using gold to buy the asset. You, you, you have to buy the asset. And with the currency, right, or in this case, with, with something that's considered real money, and the the the, mar the barter for that is gold, and the the amount of gold it would take to buy a, a high end suit is still the same, and it's manipulated. Yeah, Susie's right on the money. It's completely manipulated. Gold should actually be higher, but the reality is, it's still the best asset class, other than probably real estate, to be able to have kept your uh, to try and compete with it. You know, inflation, which you're going to learn tomorrow. And we have Mike Yusko on that. Inflation shouldn't even exist. So don't forget to tune in tomorrow. We got no, that's we a got perfect to. conversation, Johnny. We got to ask Yusko on his opinions that gold is money. Yeah, let, let, let's find out what he thinks. Although he'll tell you because he knows JP Morgan said it best that gold is money. But to me, I think that, you know, they, you, you can't make this comparison of gold versus Bitcoin. That's just a that's just a unfair comparison because you had something that was in its infancy and took off just recently versus something that's 2000 years old. If we went and we looked at back at gold 2000 years ago in its infancy, it probably also did a 500,000 increase. So that's just an, not an apples to apples comparison. And it's not like Bitcoin is going to continue to do that either. So I'm not sure the point of the tweet, but the reality is I would still would have rather had gold than any other asset in my pocket other than of course you know bitcoin if we could go back and <laughs> anybody could there's, guess you know from uh from uh, johnny uh, there's also something else like imagine gold's market cap it's huge it's like kind of like comparing bitcoin to a uh, to an altcoin that was just released and you got into it in the seed round and you're making you're putting hundred dollars into it and you're making like hundred thousand percent within a month and you're like, dude, this is better than Bitcoin. Bitcoin only pumped 10% maybe. Cause like Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a new asset class. That's why it's performing that, you know, crazy because the market cap is just so low and we only have maybe, you know, I'm just uh, making up like thousand people buying Bitcoin. Whereas gold is like already established for thousands of years. The market cap is $10 trillion, right? Of course, you know, there is a big difference. And so like comparing both is kind of weird. Because uh, gold should be uh, considered like a uh, long-term asset. You need to zoom out. And like if you zoom out, uh, the minus 10% or whatever it is, it's just, you know, a tiny volatility there on the bigger picture. It's also going up. Uh, so 
Obviously, Bitcoin is like that very, very short term new asset class has never seen recession before. So this is all new. We need to really see if it's going to be suitable. We have the agenda 2030, right? I mean, I know gold is also dirty, but like Bitcoin is uh, using so much energy, et cetera. And we're not mining that much gold anymore. But like Bitcoin is still, you know, for transactions, you always need to run the servers. I mean, uh, sorry, the the. Um, the GPU power is always going to be up and running. So, you know, all these things, we're all experimenting. So having, I personally buy, you know, digital assets than gold because I'm young and we're all introduced to digital things. But in the long run, yes, of course, I want to add, per, like I'm buying silver. I have silver, but like gold for me is like, you know, um, as my my income is, you know, uh, increasing over time, I of course would like to have gold as another um, like asset class in my portfolio as well. It's God's money. You should definitely add awesome. it. Awesome. And Tommy, we are good pals. So thank you. Shout out to you, my friend. Smash that like button. 190 live listeners. Andrew Cashflow, I saw you had some thoughts. Take us home. Um, I'm just, if you're in doubt, zoom out. And what I see here on the, on the graph in October 2008, gold was $700. And, and if I say the next low was in November 2015, it was thousand uh, dollars then in september 2018 it was 1200 dollars then it went up all the way up to 2000 but if i look at the graph it wouldn't wonder me if we still go back to 15 1600 dollars before it will go up again and then it's just a normal uptrend bull trend it's going up 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 and then it's going down a little bit but but the, but the trend is still there in gold and yeah, it, it's acting a little bit weird because you, you would expect if so much money is printed, gold should go up and it just doesn't. And that's why I think also the gold market is manipulated with uh, with paper trading. And so don't, don't yeah. worry, don't, just keep your golden coins, coins and, uh, and you're good just as, as, as Selman already says, as a different asset class, just diversify and uh, you will be okay. Yes, and I do think Tommy was right that gold is still king, but there's two stats that always come to mind when I think about gold. Number one, Johnny Crypto, I'm going to kick it to you here. For every real piece of gold in our banking system, how many paper slips correlate to that exact same value? I know the answer. I'd love to hear your guess. Uh, you're talking, I mean... It's 100 to 1. So for every gold bar in our banking system, there is 100 paper slips existing and being traded for that same value. Oh, Another paper, good thing is yeah. everyone talks about how BlackRock currently owns a ton of assets and gold is a 10 trillion dollar market cap what do you think has a larger market cap is it blackrock or is it gold johnny yeah that's uh, cool uh i would say gold yeah nope it's blackrock blackrock is, has actually a larger global market wow. cap than gold so people gold. always say that gold is king but there's a lot of fundamentals and andrew cashflow brought up something important gold has not held with inflation i know that suit narrative it's a good analogy but at the same time when you look at it from a number standpoint Gold is 53% down if you include inflation into well, that number. But, but you have to remember why. They disconnected it from gold. Once you disconnect from gold and you create fake paper, you can have hundreds of trillions way more uh, than, than, uh, than the amount of gold you have. And that's why we should have never disconnected. And that's why we have an inflation. And that's a great discussion for tomorrow when we have Yosko on. 100%, Johnny. And it's actually funny that we're talking about this. We never talk about gold. But tomorrow, we're going to have Mark Yusko, renowned hedge fund investor, super successful. He's outperformed the market for over two decades. He's going to be joining our show to share some information on how we can continue to succeed. But Selman, I'd love to get some technical analysis this morning. I'm going to kick it over to you, my friend. 
Perfect. Hey, I'm going to sneak in tomorrow and then out and sneak in, sneak in again. <laughs> so let's start the show. I want to show you real quick, guys. Uh, the dollar index is finally, you know, broke above that falling trend on the daily with a retest. You know, it looks like the dollar index, you know, is getting or getting ready or is, you know, preparing for another leg up. Don't forget that, you know, for July, inflation rate was low. But this doesn't mean that, you know, we've seen that low like that. Finally, the peak. And now uh, we're like the Fed or central banks in general are super great with uh, uh, fighting inflation. No, we need to live with inflation. Literally, when you check out the Fed website and all the charts, horrible what they're doing right now. They, they are not really fighting inflation. So this was like the summer um, like July is usually like in summer. You can expect that oil prices drop. But winter is going to be ugly. And so the dollar index is getting ready probably to pump. Don't forget that, you know, they could still raise interest rates next month. We have the FOMC report, uh, FOMC meeting next uh, next um, month. And the dollar tether dominance, check this out. We talked about it with the bullish divergences, et cetera. And finally, from that falling wedge, we broke out. We're right at resistance at 5.98%. We need to break above. I mean, we don't want it to, but if it breaks above, then expect a bearish move for crypto because people and you know people will sell their bitcoins and cryptocurrencies to move and back to stable coins and with that of course you know you can expect bearishness in the markets i want to show you guys actually you know bitcoin you see currently um you know it's about to retest the 21 ema which is important low volume and even you know here rsi for example we broke the trend so that's getting riskier, even though this is an ascending triangle, you know, breaking lower is kind of risky. Um, if you check out Ethereum, low volume on all. We we already know that. I'm not going to bring it up again. But if you check out like um, the moment, so the RSI here, for example, we still have the chance to pump. As long as we hold this trend, we could form bearish divergencies, but still pump. I still see some hope for Wow, uh, Selman, can I ask you something really quick? If you go back to yep. that RSI, even if we do get a final pump, or what are you anticipating there? That's our last pump before we have to regress. It seems like it's overextended. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, it's always buy the rumors, sell the news. And if Kramer also tells you buy Ethereum because of that news update, it tells me I, I should definitely, you know, take profits, right? Definitely. So of course, no one can predict. Uh, was that very, like, very much the top, or can we still go up to twenty-one or twenty-three hundred? I don't know. But all I know is, um, is that you know, volume is decreasing, uh, and RSI is all like already over overbought. So it tells me it's time to really lock profits or take some profits or exit completely, because it's gonna get ugly. Um, if you check out Cardano, for example, still Cardano is like literally the market is pumping. Cardano is like dancing in the corner. Uh, we don't know what Cardano is doing right now. I, I didn't see that crazy run for this one. But even if we see a rally, accumulation. Yeah, it's still an accumulation. But here's the thing: like, watch out for that falling trend. This is a very massive falling trend, which is at like 68 per, uh, cents. That level is going to be important. I would even say like 64 cents. I would uh, pay attention to this. But don't forget, if Bitcoin drops and dominance rises, you can't expect this one to go skyrocket. Like most of the time, they also go down. If we check out Quan, 
I know we have so many Quan fans. I want to disappoint you. I really want Quan to drop back down to even like $30 so I can go heavy. I missed the opportunity here. But um, the more I do research, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is a coin that, that I should have um, more of, you know? So here's the thing. Uh, currently, we are we, we got great response from the 21 EMA, but and also above the moving trend here. We need to hold this. And from here, we could still see another pump to 150. 150 is a big resistance zone. I predict that the markets will drop. If you see this one pumping, $150 should be the very top. I don't think this is going to see a crazy new rally or something because the markets and I'm telling you, inflation is going to get even worse. Um, so don't get used to it. So um we need to live with it. And, you know, tomorrow we could ask Yasko as well. That would be great. But um, low volume and it's just on shorter time frames. If we check, let's see. I mean, we got the triple triple head and shoulders here. But on shorter time frames, unfortunately, you see we broke below that trend and now getting rejected. So what I'm really hoping for is sometimes these are fake. Sometimes we can really break above. But on higher time frame, it's, it still looks great. But on shorter time frames, if we get rejected below that 21 EMA, we could drop to $100. But let's just hope that Bitcoin can still move sideways for a while. And then you can really expect this one to pump one last leg up. But I'm telling you guys, I personally would, uh, you know, because of the bearish divergencies here everywhere, I personally would, would watch out, lock profits, right? Don't marry your coins. But if it's your long-term thing and you're like, dude, this is the future, just like, you know, we believe in XRP, then don't touch it, but definitely have this game plan. I know that we have XDC fans as well. Let me bring it up. Whether you like it or not, I'm just going to analyze the chart here. And all I can see is we are in a bear market, right? And we are so close to that big major falling trend. This is our mother trend and the 21 EMA here on Qcoin. You see it's very close. Four four cent is our resistance. As long as we don't break above, this is a great short position, uh, like open a great position to open a short and to, you know, basically predict or betting on a future, uh, another leg down. So it's not ready yet. If you are an XDC fan, all I can say is once we break above and a nice retest, then we can talk about it again. But for now, it's just too risky to say buy in. It already pumped. Uh, and from here, we could get rejected and go lower. So this is pretty much it, all for today. Awesome. Thank you, Selman. If you guys enjoyed that technical analysis, show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to dive into our stories that we have today. As macro analyst, Lynn Alden, who is phenomenal. Anybody who doesn't know who this is, go check her out. She does some of the most amazing work on the planet when it comes to predicting economics. She says Bitcoin is structurally bullish long term despite this year's collapse. And here's why. So macro analyst Lynn Alden says she remains long-term bullish on Bitcoin, even though Bitcoin is down over 60% from its all-time high. Alden says that she's looking at the bigger picture and sees the importance of Bitcoin in getting the macro setting. Basically, this is the time to focus on what's real, what's being built, and what problems are being solved, especially when you look globally. In the world, especially developing markets, we see problems that are particularly interesting with the money system what's happening with inflation, what's happening with authoritarian countries or frozen bank accounts and all sorts of things like that. What technologies can actually be useful in solving those problems? Well, for that reason, she's structurally long on Bitcoin and that's why she's optimistic. 
I like the fact that she's not just pointing to the price chart and saying, well, this asset continues to perform over time. No, she's talking about the real world utility and what it actually solves. Johnny Crypto, let's start with you. What does this mean to you? You know, you know at the end of the day, I think long-term Bitcoin will will find its home. It'll have a place to stay as a digital gold. That's my personal opinion. I could be wrong. I know that when you talk to third world countries or you hear about them, they are actually using Bitcoin as a currency. It is their saving grace, and it's the only thing that's given the people some um, relief from the tyrancies of the government. So it's actually a good thing. So I do believe you know Bitcoin can have its place there in the overall macro uh, perspective in, in in acting as you know solving some money problems. So yeah, I I, I you know long I just think short term. I've told you guys this from day one and. Someone's charts just seemed to kind of line right up with it. I thought we'd bottom in July. I thought we'd get a small pump in August and September, and I think we're going to crash big time after that. And it looks like someone's charts are showing we're about to, you know, we're about to see the end of this little mini, what I call baby bull run. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But I do believe that Bitcoin long term will have a play. And technically, if we do continue with the four-year halving process, we should get our next bull market starting at the end of 2024. So we do have plenty of time. We always talk about how 2023 is the year of institutional adoption, Johnny. Well, that's going to be a year where all the institutions are buying in at low prices. And we should be higher than where we are today. But I wouldn't expect a significant bounce for at least another 12 to 18 months. Let's kick it to Andrew Cashflow. Andrew Cashflow, they talk about the problems that Bitcoin is solving here. And we typically focus on ISO-compliant tokens. But for the general public, Bitcoin is a good entry into this market. What does this article indicate to you? Uh, mute button, Andrew. Long-term Bitcoin will win. I'm sure that is also, I agree with, uh, with Johnny that that's the case. And uh, so I would say either trade it or just hold it forever like, like, like other people. Uh, but what we're just thinking about, uh, I never hear somebody about stacks, STX coin. That that's a that's a crypto coin that is building uh, a smart con the possibility to make smart contracts on the uh, Bitcoin blockchain, and that's maybe an, uh, a good good idea to to have a look so now and then at that coin. I already own it, uh, yeah, for 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 two years or so, but uh, it, I think that's uh, that's really an interesting development because we also always talking about other uh, coins and only for bitcoin as, as a store of value more or less and, and of course you have the lightning network but yeah there are also developments ongoing for yeah smart contracts on the, the bitcoin block blockchain so i'm wondering what that will uh, bring in the, in, in the future selman g we got a bunch of developments that we're going to get into right now but i do want to hear some of your thoughts on bitcoin you did the technical analysis but when you talk about solving real world problems People don't often associate that with Bitcoin. What does this article mean to you? Um, so all I can say is, guys, um, yeah, I actually agree with Johnny. I believe long term it will be here. Long term, no doubts. But there are so many technical things going on. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about like Bitcoin being a store of value. This is you know true, yes, but only because you know as long as you know someone's really paying um, for a higher price. And it's just because everybody accepted it. And, you know, this is pretty much with everything in the economy. However, you need to understand that um, there is a certain agenda being pushed daily, right? Um, and you need to understand that uh, it is a very old technology now. You have so much going on with like XRPL, for example, super decentralized. It's one of the most decentralized 
blockchains out there and it's carbon free and pretty much literally what the agenda asks for it is xrpl for example you have many other blockchains as well so um and the chance to just shut them down is just zero uh it's not like you know uh, i mean bitcoin you can't shut it down yes but you can also not shut down ethereum or uh, which is going to prove of stake soon and uh, xrpl so you know it's just like what do people really want is it efficient is it sustainable in the long run and i believe you know yes we, we're going to have a certain group that will support bitcoin in the long run but still uh, it looks like a lot of institutions and a lot of pe- a lot of people basically creators brands doesn't matter all of them will slowly move to uh, xrpl and binance smart chain uh, cardano all of them why because it's cheaper way cheaper and way more efficient way faster and this is why i believe you know um i i'm like i agree with giant crypto on this awesome and we actually have an update for the cardano community as the cardano community was fairly upset with developers stating we are not part of a clan the cardano community criticizes their no new social media platform so cardano's commercial and venture arm announced on monday the launch of its new social media platform called cardano clan Users are to try out the alpha version of the platform and provide feedback. Well, they gave some feedback and they were not happy at all. Many people commented on Twitter stating, we are not part of a clan. And I suggest an immediate rebranding even before launching. Cardano clan does not sound good, another member commented. thought this was a pretty funny article. Johnny Crypto, they call you the godfather of the ADA community. What do you think about the Cardano clan? Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. That's a bad name. I don't know what Charles was thinking. I would not be calling any because of the Ku Klux Klan. I want to call anything a clan. That was just a bad name. I wouldn't use it. I don't know why. I get why they did it. CC, maybe Cardano Clan. But I, I'm imagining that hopefully they'll listen to the feedback. I always try to listen to consumer feedback. And if the consumers are telling you they don't like the name, please, Charles, if you're listening, change the goddamn name. Awesome, guys. And we have a very exciting project. Selman, I'm going to ask you to queue up that video because today we are bringing you guys a very, very exciting opportunity. But hold on, Selman. Why don't you get that thing queued up for our listeners and then I'll get rolling. Johnny Crypto, why don't you give a brief introduction while Selman's getting that going? Yeah, you know, so guys, as we talked about here, when you think about, you know, we just went through and we showed some technical analysis with you, right? And we see that we got a little baby what I like to call a baby bull run, maybe even a baby calf walk, right? It's just a little bit of a pump here. But nonetheless, if you were buying in those in those early points when we were telling you to, or when we were saying we were buying, remember when that fear and greed index was sitting at a 10 and now we're at a 40 and things have kind of doubled already? Make sure that you have an exit plan in place. It's so important that you're thinking about that. And abs, I'll let you take it away and how we can do that, how, how they can actually go ahead and get an exit plan. Awesome. Thank you. Go ahead, Selman. So we're showing you guys a very interesting project. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. First, it brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets so you can simply see all your assets across different exchanges on one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and totals since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. And most importantly, Merlin's smart contract algorithm allows you to create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. 
So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30-day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when this product is launched in the fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today on the Merlin whitelist. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. And if you're looking for that link, it is listed down below. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to kick it right back to you, and then we'll dive into our articles for the remainder of the show. Yeah, it's so important to make sure, guys, that you have a, an exit strategy. And we developed this here at the Academy to help people. What we saw was, and we were doing it to ourselves, We'd watch our portfolios go up and watch them come right back down. And you'd miss that pump. You'd miss that top. It's so important. And we realized like, oh, shit, you need to have an exit plan in place. So we kind of created a tool to do that. And it wasn't so great. It was a manual tool. And we we kicked it up a level. We like to always kick it up a level here at the Academy. And we created Merlin. It's, it's not, it is going to be free. You can sign up for a free 30-day trial. Uh, you'll get a notification when it comes out. So for 30 days, you can use it. And then after that, um, it is not a month. It's like all the other coin trackers out there. There is a small monthly fee for it. Um, but nonetheless, it's important because, you know, this is kind of helping you to track your, your portfolio, all the coins. It's hard to see where they all are when you have multiple areas. So bringing them all together in one place to be able to see it so you can make decisions and have an exit plan and get a notification when it hits it. So you don't have to sit there and watch it every single minute. Like we're doing during these pumps is just a, a, a convenience and a relief that we are looking to bring to all our users. So we're excited about it. Abs. Can't wait to get it out there, and uh, hopefully it's going to help a bunch of people not get wrecked in the marketplace. And, Johnny, awesome. what I also like is the fact that, um, you know, I can also add my portfolio, and then whenever I want to exit, et cetera, like people can see it as well because, you know, some people are asking, hey, is there, like, a way to, like, connect uh, on TradingView? It's possible, yes, but, like, you don't have a portfolio there. So with exit, exit targets, et cetera, like, I feel like uh, that's going to be a great app where we can all connect. Yeah, in fact, I see there's a question here. So, guys, if you're in the Academy, you're actually going to be able to get this at a heavy discount. If you're not in the Academy, then it'll be, it won't be discounted. So, Academy members will have a discount. And more importantly, um, Academy members will have access to Coach JV's exit strategy. So, if you have the same coin he has, the app will automatically know it, and it will show you what his plan is. And if you want to just copy it, you can, you can copy and insert his plan into your plan. And, and basically, you can follow his plan. So, awesome, guys. Um, yeah. Sorry. Awesome. So we're going to dive right back into our articles. If you like that, the link is down below. So remember, go click sign up. We will see and get you that 30-day free trial. But here's the most important news for today. XRP has been classified as a digital currency by Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, and HSBC. We put the title as a $250 billion banking solution. Well, we're going to dive into that right now. But first, I want to show our listeners a video of Brad Garlinghouse talking about how he spends 20 to 20% of his time working with regulators globally. Now, I want to remind our listeners, this is a quote from before the lawsuit. I believe it's from 2019, but he talks about how meeting with regulators was their number one priority. And he also talks about how all transactions that happen on RippleNet, well, those are KYC transactions. So we're going to let this clip play and get some comments. Here we go. I do spend, I don't know, 20, 25% of my time talking to regulators globally. And I spend that time explaining to them that this isn't about Silk Road and every transaction that goes through Ripple's technology is KYC, know your customer. It's checked for AML. It's checked for that alphabet soup uh, that we have talked about. Uh, I don't think it will, but MoneyGram would be another interesting anecdote. When we signed that deal, before going live, before announcing the deal, we spent time with them briefing their regulative consequence about how this worked. And once they understood that we're, we're using it at an institutional level, there are no anonymous transactions. Like once they understand the basics, they're like, oh, 
So this is just a better way to manage your treasury operations. So like, okay, great. Boom. Johnny Crypto. I think that clip really says it all from 2019 talks about how he spends 20% of his time as the CEO of Ripple meeting with regulators around the world. But what's reassuring is that we know KYC is going to become not optional, necessary if you want to succeed in this market. And Ripple's already abiding by those rules. What does that mean to you, Johnny? It's exactly what the CEO should be doing. He should be out there making sure that his company is abiding by regulation and in, in working with these agencies to do that. And a lot of times, you know, it starts at the top. You need the guy at the top. And then, of course, you push it down the organization once you've made those connections. So I'm glad to hear Brad say that. Glad to see him doing that. The part that's confusing to me is Brad has been doing that with the SEC. We know five times, five times, five times they went to go. That's right. And yeah, where's our girl, Angela? She's not around no more. Our wrestler. But anyway, Booker T be happy. Five times he went to go work with the SEC, approached them, tried to work. And what happens? He gets slapped with a lawsuit. Something weird is happening there. Yeah, so we're actually going to dive into some quotes here. As Ripple was identified as an opportunity in payments alongside Circle, a peer-to-peer payment technology, and Coinbase, which is obviously an exchange. In a report by Goldman Sachs, the banking division stated that overview of digital assets and blockchain, the report highlighted that RippleNet, a network of institutional payment providers, like banks and money remittances service that use solutions created by Ripple. We know Ripple is incentivized to create more solutions using XRP. Selman, your project actually just moved on to the XRPL, and we are going to show our listeners an update on Collecti, something fundamentally amazing that you guys are doing. But what does this news mean to you? I'm actually, you know what? Um, I can't really say much about this. Like, um, I, you know, I totally agree with Johnny. Again, like today I'm agreeing so much with Johnny and, to be honest, um, I'm, you know, about this kind of news update, all I can say is um, get ready. There is going to be more of this coming. Um, and and um, I kind of believe, you know, what what happened in the past um, is just, wait, I I have a blackout right now because you brought up Collecti for a moment. I'm sorry, but ask me this question in a minute again wait awesome, i need guys. to we'll, we'll keep going here so goldman sachs wells fargo and hsbc all classify xrp as a currency no matter what the sec and gary gensler say will make no difference to the banks they're going to use the odl regardless and this is an example of that a document from hsbc is outlining the solutions that RippleNet provides and it talks about how every day three million intercompany transactions take place $250 billion a year is the solution that Ripple can solve. Selman, I'm going to kick it right back to you. Maybe you have a comment here. Nope, I don't have a comment. You know why? Because I was texting it right We're now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, go to Andrew we'll go to Andrew Cashel <laughs> while I remove Selman from the stream. Yeah, when I, I always, I love to look stuff from a little bit from a distance. What I see is, 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 the, is the red line here is uh, it's ODL is all about money efficiency. Um, what I also see is that it is a knowledge and education problem, what we are currently facing. So the more as Brett Garlinghouse acts as a teacher or as an educator, the more, the more people will understand it, indeed top down, and the more people will adopt it because there is so much money to save. However, there is also fear because the current uh, uh, banking system, yeah, they make an awful lot of money with their with their uh, with their current uh, tra- transaction systems, and and yeah, that's fear. And so you know, 
just keep keep on going efficiency knowledge and finally we'll get there and brett garlinghouse i think it's it's a nice guy what the the, the job he's doing awesome and selman uh, we're coming we're, i'm back i'm back now i uh you know know what i wanted to say so here's the thing andrew you uh, absolutely agree um the problem is guys if you if you watch shark tank you'll see that that so many products out there, they're great, but like people don't know, consumers don't know, right? And in this case, you know, it's always about educating the consumers. And in this case, you know, what Brett Garlinghouse is trying to do or is working on constantly, even now, they're um, trying to educate institutions, right? There is still a lot of people out there. Literally, when I talked to some some friends here in town, they were like, is that, about, is that safe? Because they always think of scams or whatever it is, like tornado cash. These kind of news updates are really messing up with the markets. And when you when you then have a, a company basically that is being sued right now, but but still going out there door by door and educating people, this is literally what we want. These are the heroes of this space, and this is why I believe you know they're expanding uh, technologically and financially, but also you know expanding as a community and they're getting a lot of more institutions just by educating more people. And there is a big, like asymmetric information. People don't know much about crypto and, you know, about ripple. A lot of people in my, my, you know, like uh, at my age and, and investing, like they are degens, they believe XRP is a banker's coin. And this is a big issue, right? They don't understand that it's super decentralized. They think it's highly centralized. So we need to educate them. And that's what Brad is doing constantly not just in 2019, I just um, read a news article yesterday, I guess. They are still working something with Japan uh, apps. You brought it up, right? It was Japan and Thai Thailand, right? They're still constantly advising. and I love it. Yes. Oh, sorry about that, Salman. I didn't mean to cut you off there. We are going to dive into our next article, which is an NFT-related article, and it's very, very interesting. Selman, you're going to like this one. The officially licensed NFT platform, Onik, is revolutionizing collectible playing cards with these dynamic NFTs. So you're able to actually own a piece of your favorite player's success by purchasing these NFTs. So Onik is an upcoming platform for NFT and sports collectibles where an athlete's performance is reflected on the card via invitation. So each Onyx NFT will have its own XP score representing a, a card's power, which is updated based on the athlete's career achievements with changes triggered by real-world milestones as well as gamified elements. This is pretty cool. So you could buy this card. Let's say you purchase your favorite NBA player. That NBA player wins a championship. Well, the value of that card is going to be directly correlated to that. And it's actually a better way of trading sports cards, in my opinion. Selman, coming right back to you. What are your thoughts? This is really cool. It's like, imagine, I mean... Of course, there's no financial advice, and th this is something like you really need to do your own research. But this is just an idea. Imagine it's kind of like buying stocks of Cristiano Ronaldo, or or if your favorite basketball player. Like as as a company is, you know, you know, expanding and increasing in value, your stocks is also increasing in value. In this case, it's kind of like you're buying that card and. As you know, you're basically betting on your favorite uh, athlete, and if they're getting or becoming even more successful in the long run, that card is just uh, collecting these uh, certain you know scores, and it's just increasing in value, which is interesting. Which is you know, wow, it's, it's a different thing. 
Um, of course, the regulatory thing, probably they already solved all the things with the SEC. Uh, so it's probably super uh, compliant with the, um, you know, with the laws. But um, that's a very cool um, idea. And um, wow, it's just, you know, you see how NFT is really, even in a bear market, you see that there are creative ideas and we're moving to uh, a very different and um, interesting, you know, um, space in the Web3 space. Yes, Andrew Castle, as we look at the NFT market today, many of the projects that exist don't really have any utility, but projects like these that are correlated to somebody's success or maybe give you partnership in some in some unique group, those are the projects I think that are going to survive. What does this mean to you, Andrew? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this and you want my real opinion? I, I don't understand it. Why would, why would something go up if a player is more successful? Because this this player is maybe uh, 30, 32 years old. It will go down again. Or will that card keep the value? But, uh, what is the utility? I mean, for sure they will figure out something. But it's so new. Um, I, I need to study this more. I also need to be educated to, to see the real value of this. Uh, I, I love the idea. I like the idea. But at this moment, I don't see the value of it. It is pretty interesting. Like with the traditional sports car market, I know that a Michael Jordan, if you get a rookie card of his, a PSA 10 rated, it's a $25,000 card. So I know this sports card trading market has not only tons of value, but tons of people who who take this stuff very seriously. And I think that the NFT space is creating a, a way for those people to flood into this market. Johnny, I saw you had some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, so one of the things that they might be doing, Andrew, and I'm not so sure yet. It's just, you know, it's just a short article, so I don't know the details. But one of the things I see with my kids and when they're playing games is they get these cards of these players. And these cards have a certain value depending on that player's performance. And to be able to actually have the ownership to that and be able to use that on your team versus another team in a game makes sense to me. So I could see a utility or use case for that in that scenario. Now, I don't know if that's how they're going to do it or if this is strictly just NFT and no gaming behind it. Although I did see it talked about gamifying. So if that's the plan, I think it's brilliant. It's a smart idea. Video games are already doing that, but then to give you ownership of it, that that would make it priceless. So that's actually a great idea if that's the plan. Awesome. And we're going to jump into our last article for today, which is that the U.S. Fed is opening a pathway for crypto banks to tap the central banking system. We talk about 2023 and how institutions, that could be huge. Well, this is really exciting because once the bank gets involved, it's game over. The U.S. Federal Reserve said on Monday it is publishing its final guidance for novel financial institutions to access its master accounts something these firms need to do to participate in the global payment system. Moving the U.S. Central Bank one step closer to possibly allowing Wyoming special purpose depository institutions like Custodia and Kraken Bank to access these accounts so they don't need intermediary banks anymore. The new guidance provides consistent and transparent process to evaluate the requests for Federal Reserve accounts and access payment services in order to support safe, inclusive, and innovative payments This was first proposed in 2021, but it breaks down how tier three banks, which are registered in Wyoming, are not federally insured and not subject to prudential supervision by the federal banking agency, which is most likely going to apply to Wyoming crypto banks. This could be humongous. I can only imagine the flood of liquidity that this would allow. If crypto banks are able to tap the central banking system for liquidity, they basically have endless pockets. Let's start off with Johnny. What does this news mean to you? You're mute. Else, can we? Oh, am I mute? No, no, it's okay. You're unmuted now. 
Oh, sorry, Abs. I was trying to deal with this this link issue here, and I, and I, I missed a little bit. If we can try to go over to someone for comment or let's go to Andrew about first, that, guys. Let's go to Andrew first because I also want to add something uh, like attach that. Gyst guys, gyst. Yeah, sorry. You, yeah. you know, we got technical difficulties here. here. And what I think here, this is also an attack on the on the on the elite banking system, and other banks are just going below. And it will also, I think, uh, the, the traditional banks will not be happy with this because it, it's just finding a way around. But you cannot avoid it that, that cheaper payment systems will be invented. And uh, yeah, it, it's just an interesting, and it is, it is just an interesting new innovation. And I hope that we get the regulation as soon as possible because then we can boost innovation. That's what we. You say this is just innovation. This this is fun. This is this is what what the young people coming from university they say. I want to work in this industry. I have brilliant ideas, and you know that that's yeah. I, I like it. Yes, and our last article for today, Andrew, is actually covering what Michael Burry did as he sold 98% of his stock portfolio. Michael Burry is known for causing the housing crisis back in 2008 and cashing in on that opportunity. The only stock that he holds, the ticker symbol is GEO. He has about $3 million of, of his portfolio in that stock. So pretty interesting stuff here. Selman, why don't you give us some really brief comments, and then we're going to close it out. Yep, so first things first, like that guy, uh, if you highly... I highly recommend it. Watch the video, uh, the movie on Netflix. That guy is crazy. And yeah, like selling 98% when Apple is right at resistance, uh, the falling trend. When you see pretty much inflation, it looks like inflation is going to skyrocket again. Uh, and the Fed is really not really doing much to fight inflation. So it's going to get even worse. That This is what it looks like. And then you have the crypto market, everything going up in the summer rally, which is, you know, buy the rumors, sell the news, but you have these ups and downs in a bull market and in a bear market. So it's just a relief bounce. And uh, he knows way more than I do and, you know, probably anyone else here. So I would say this is a serious topic. We should kind of like uh, copy, but like not just blindly copy, but like put it into your game plan. Like if your game plan is to take profits and you see this guy's taking profit, then you should really focus on your game plan and, and act accordingly. Awesome, guys. And we're going to close it out here. Johnny Crypto, any closing comments? I saw you wanted to say something. Yeah, so just real quick. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> JT's right. Michael Burry didn't cause it. What Michael Burry did, he was so genius. He saw it happening before everybody else saw it happening. And that's why this is so interesting now, why why it's got me pro, um, you know, interested in it. Because if he's selling everything, he's seeing something already that nobody else is seeing. Right. And we've been saying the same way. We know something bad is coming. We think the crash is coming. And I'm not, you know, to see him. Just, is This is just more for me. Validation. When we talk about the rat snake weasel list. Right. And we got people on one side of it. Michael Berry goes on the other side. He's not a rat snake weasel. This guy, he saw it. He knows what he's doing. I mean, he's just doing in business. But the nice thing about him is he has the ability to see things before other people do. And to me, I just see that as a red flag. And I'm, I, I, I'd be. I'd be watching what Michael does. Uh, however, his timing will not always be the, the, the super best because when the housing market crashed those days, it also took another one and a half year or so before he was right. But in the end, he was right. So exactly. 
Thank you, Andrew Castle. We're going to close it out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Andrew. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to Selman G. 169 live listeners. Smash that like button out there. We've got an update from Collectius. Collecti Labs is proud to announce that they have they are running a node on the XRPL. Another exciting, innovative product from the Collecti Labs community. We're going to see you guys in 23 hours. And it's like we always say, Warriors, guys, get your shit together and come and join us tomorrow to talk with Mark Gelsko.